Most of you, I think all of you may have been with us last week. Maybe so, is, were all of you here last week or somebody this is their first time? You weren't here last week. Last week we talked about evangelism. And according to my littlest guy, he said, boy, that got intense. Okay, so hopefully you felt that a little bit. If I can get a couple volunteers, I've got a handout for you today. Who is excited about passing these out? Look at you two jumping right up. I love it. Thank you, guys. If you can pass those out, uh, make sure you grab one of those. Um, it's just more information tools for you to put kind of in your arsenal to have with you um, as we talk a little further on evangelism. So Noah invited me to do a three-part series on evangelism. And as I mentioned last week, we kind of stepped on toes. All right. And that was... The point of that, all right, I wanted to challenge you with, do we see people the way God sees people? Do we see people the way Jesus sees people? And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we fall kind of miserably short in that dynamic. And so last week was to kind of really challenge our hearts about evangelism. Are we doing it? And the question is, and you don't need to raise your hand, because that might embarrass you or humiliate you either way. But out of the discussion of evangelism, really practically, did you share your faith with somebody this week? It's real easy in here to get convicted and say, oh man, I really need to do that. I've got to get better at that. Oh, Jesus, you're right. I don't see people the way you do. I need to change the way that I view people. I need to change my witness. And that all sounds real good in here, but tomorrow is challenging. And then as the week goes on, we kind of forget what we heard about on Sunday. And before we know it, we didn't do really anything with what was shared with us by the preacher or the teacher. And so we want to spend a few weeks talking about this. Now, do I expect at the end of this three weeks you'll be the greatest evangelist that have ever walked the planet? Probably not. But we're going to challenge your hearts and we're going to give you some tools. Okay? And so to that end, last week was speaking to our hearts. Do we see people the way Jesus sees people? Because that's where it starts with. You're not going to get out there and share things unless you really have a heart change. And we see people the way God sees people. And we see here our time on earth for what it really is. Most people just think, hey, I've got years and years and years and years and years, and, you know, life is about getting a job, life is about career moves, life is about getting married and children and all of these things and getting a house and securing, you know, the proper financing for that. And, then, and, and we get so consumed, if I can say it this way, with the horizontal, everything here, because in the world system, that is everything, is right here and now. It's amazing on TV, commercials, whatever, everything is just here now. Get what you can out of life. Just enjoy it. Have fun. Have happiness. And that's all we think about is here. And I'm listen, I'm as guilty as everybody. Okay, I love the sports games. Last week was the playoffs. I went home and watched the playoffs. Probably you did too. They're great games, right? And you, get, you go into the next day and it just keeps boom, boom, boom. That's life for us. We think this way. What I'm hoping to do over the next couple weeks too, and even with last week, 
is to hopefully open your eyes from just a horizontal plane all the time. To life is really about eternity. You're going to live here maybe if you're very, very, very lucky. You may get to 100 years old. All right? That's a good full long life. Most of us aren't going to see 100. We're hoping to get to like 70, 80. And then for old, thus, those of us that are older, we start creeping up on like 50, 60. We're going, ugh. It wasn't long ago since I was in college. And that, you have people up here tell you all the time. It literally is like a blink of your eye. And now I'm mid-40s. And life flies by us. And what you do in these 70 or 80 or 40 or 23 years you have on this earth is what influences all eternity. And do you ever think of eternity? I'm talking 10 million, 100 million, 15 billion years from now is still determined by what is done in these 70. It's hard for us to even think in our minds, comprehend those ideas. Eternity is forever with no end. And I've got a period of time to live for Christ, to impact folks for him. And what I do here literally affects all of eternity. Do we think that way? 99% of the time we don't. But a crazy bald guy every once in a while will get up here and challenge you to think a little differently. Because that is reality, folks. And Jesus in his earthly ministry constantly challenged his disciples to think that way. He said, don't set your affections on things below, but on things above. Love not the world, neither the... And all of these verses that we see in scripture about changing our perspective from just here to thinking eternally. And so to that end, I want to spend just a couple minutes and we're going to get real practical today. Last week was to challenge our hearts and I want to start there a little bit today and then we're going to transition to get real, real, real practical. How do we do evangelism? How do we go about this task? Because I don't want to just give you a head knowledge and just challenge you here i want to give you some stuff that you can actually put into practice and use and may help you as you share your faith so that's where i want to go today and then next week we're going to get even more practical and deal with questions and issues you face that come up when you share your faith because inevitably in a perfect little world you're going to say i'm going to ask this question they're going to respond this way and then i ask this question and then that's not how it goes and somebody's going to throw you a curveball like, why does a good God let evil in this world? If you really believe in God, then why do babies die? And why is there rape? And why is there these things in this world? If there really is a God, this wouldn't happen. And if he was really a good God, none of this would happen. How do you respond to that? And so there's some of these questions that we'll deal with next week to give you some more ammunition as we go. But let's turn in our Bibles. You got the hand out in front of you. Some of you said you like to take notes. Some did it on your phones. Some of my ladies were like killing it last week with like notebooks and everything. So I brought you some actual notes that you can write all over or doodle or whatever if you want to on them. Or 
if you don't have a pen and all that good stuff, just take it back with you. It gives you some tools to have uh, moving forward as you share your faith. I want us to begin, though, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm just going to take about 5-10 minutes to talk about this passage real quick. Because it kind of transitioned, uh, transitioned us from last week, what we talked about, to this week, really in the practical way of sharing our faith. And it says in verse 20 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Therefore, in the light of all that he's talked about here in this chapter, he says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now I'm going to actually start with this verse, and I'm going to start backwards. I'm going to actually start on verse 21 and then come back to verse 20. Paul is going to say there's this incredible truth that happened in the cross. This incredible gift that you and I have been given by God. See, for all of us before salvation, we are actually the enemies of God. We are sinners. We are deserving of punishment. And as I got real hard and serious last week, there's a real judgment called the great white throne judgment. And those that don't know Christ are cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. That is the path that every human is on. And so all of us are separated from God because of our sins. And how many sins separate you from God? One. And how many sins have you done in your life? Tens of thousands, probably hundreds of thousands. Well, you're a big sinner up there. Well, yeah, so are you, okay? So all of us, are guilty of this path. We are sinners, and in the light of a perfectly holy God, we fall short of his standard. And so we are on this path. We are separated from God. We deserve this damnation that is coming. But notice what it says in verse 21. God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for you. In other words, God took on himself our sin. He knew we couldn't save ourselves. He knew we were on this path of destruction, and he stepped in and altered it. And it says this massive theological truth, you are now reconciled to God. In other words, your, your state has been altered. You went from an enemy, one who deserves punishment, and now you are a child of God. This massive and radical reversal of our state. He says, now, the fact that you've been reconciled, been changed like that, you have an obligation. He says, we are what? What's the, verse, what's the word in verse 20? What are we called to be? This is where you talk. Ambassadors. ambassadors. Okay? We are ambassadors. Now, before you cheat and read all my notes, what is an ambassador? There we go. Some of you are going, okay, this is history class. Yes, okay. Or political science. All right, some of you love, how many of you like history? Raise your hand. A few of you. I love history. I actually minored in it in college. Okay, I love history. And one of the things in politics or in history, if you look at Ben Franklin or all these others, yes, I'm a history nerd, 
They were ambassadors of the United States. And we say an ambassador is what? Give it to me one more time. Representative. Okay? An ambassador is a representative of what to what? When we think of the American ambassador to Germany, what is happening here? You guys are going, man, I didn't know he was going to test us on history today. See, it was that simple. Like, it was just like a softball question, all right? The ambassador, he's exactly right. The ambassador is our representative. He is the, he basically shares America's desires, our, uh, our rights, our passions, what we believe, all these things to the foreign entity, in this case, Germany or China or France or whatever. And he represents what we hold and we believe in that foreign land. Now, let's take it like a step further. In China, we have an American ambassador. Is China's government anything like our government? Not yet, okay? No, it's different. We're kind of on that path, all right? But no, China's government is radically different than America. And here this guy lives in China representing America's interests. He represents our country to a very foreign and a very different thinking people. You see where I'm going with this? In light of the fact that you are now a Christian, you are now saved, this altered state, this radical transformation, God says, now you are my ambassador. Elsewhere in scripture, it says that we are aliens and pilgrims. Ambassador is probably a little bit better of a term for us, right? No one wants to be viewed as an alien on NC State's campus, right? People might look weirdly at you if you said that. But you are an ambassador to NC State's campus or Meredith's campus or Wake Tech's campus. And what does an ambassador do? He represents. So who do I represent to this world? This is like the ultimate softball question. Who do I represent to this world? Some girl was like, you can, you can speak louder, okay? Don't be scared. I don't bite, okay? What'd you say? Jesus. We represent Jesus to this world. Now, let me ask you a question. If I'm a representative of Jesus, if I'm representing him to this culture, do I look like the culture? Does the American ambassador look like those in China? No. Does the American ambassador have the same viewpoints as those in China? No. Does the American ambassador take on all the characteristics of the Chinese culture? Then why do we? 
I'm supposed to look like Jesus Christ. I'm supposed to talk like Jesus Christ. I am to represent Jesus Christ to a radically different culture. Here's the problem, and, and I'll be, I'm going to cut right down to the nitty-gritty here with you. This is where the rubber meets the road. The reason why you're not the influence you should be for Christ is you don't want to be the influence for Christ that you, he wants you to be. You want to look like the world. You want to fit into the culture of the world. You don't want to stand out. You don't want to look weird. You don't want to talk differently. You want to just kind of... And my challenge is, that is not what God has called you to do. In the light of that radical, saving, reconciliation, this massive alteration of who we are in the light of what God has done for us, it is our job. It is your obligation and it is your responsibility to be an ambassador for him. Yeah, well, I didn't sign up for all that. I don't think that's what you're going to say at the judgment seat of Christ. When he holds out his hands and he says, this is what I did for you, what did you do for me? Well, that, that ambassador job is pretty hard. I ain't going to cut it. We are to represent him to this culture. So I should, I should talk differently. I should act differently. People should say, boy, there's a joy in you that I don't see in other people. Well, you don't cuss like everyone else. You don't go to the parties like everybody else. Well, now he's getting like real like legalistic. No, I'm not. Scripture says in the word very clearly, everything that comes out of your mouth should be for the purpose of edifying. What does the word mean to edify? To build up. How does cursing and cussing and all these different things edify somebody else? It doesn't. My body is the temple of the Lord. How is getting hammered at school or getting involved in drugs representing that my body is God's temple? It doesn't. We like to pick and choose the rules that we like. That's not how it works, folks. You are an ambassador for Christ. You represent Christ to this lost culture. We run around going, I'm a Christian. Do you know what that means? It means you're a little Christ. You talk like Jesus did. You act like Jesus did. You love people like Jesus did. So the question is, do you do that well? Are you really being a good ambassador for Christ? 
But hey, that's not my job. That's for the pastors. That's for Noah. That's for David. That's these leaders, my parents. They're the ones that are to witness. No, 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 no. Not according to this passage. If you're a Christian, you are called to be what? It's another softball. If you are a Christian, you are called to be what? Ambassador. Every one of us that's accepted Christ is now to be an ambassador for him. And we are called to do that. So the debate then happens, and this is where we go practical. Debate happens is you'll hear these two massive concepts, and it's a big, huge issue in evangelism. I'm going to introduce it and talk about it for like 30 seconds. We'll move on. It's the discussion of confrontational versus lifestyle evangelism. Okay? And what that means, and you're probably going, what is he talking about? Contra, con, contra, or, uh, confrontational evangelism is what you often envision in your mind as a guy on the soapbox preaching on the corner, just wailing on people. Okay? That's kind of an over an exaggeration or an extreme of that. It's not wrong to do so, but that's where you confront them with their sin. Lifestyle evangelism says, I get to know the person, develop a relationship and a friendship, and then I can then move forward. Which one is right? Both. I told you, it's going to be like 30 seconds. Because it's not a huge debate in my mind. It's both. A lot of times before anybody, especially in a college campus, before anybody is going to listen to your viewpoint, what? You need to develop some kind of relationship with them. Some kind of a friendship. But if you're just going to, hey, in my friendship and the way I live, they're just going to be drawn to Christ. They still need to be confronted with the gospel. Because looking at Andy isn't going to save them. Turning to Jesus Christ as their Savior is what's going to save them. So there comes a point where I should develop relationships with people and work at this and become friends with the lost so that I can win them to Christ. But that last phrase is critical. At some point, I need to share Christ with them. And that's where it gets a little tricky. Because some of you go, I don't even know where to start. Well, that's what the last 15 minutes are about. I'm going to share with you a couple of approaches. There's many more. I'm going to give you a couple of them. And I'm going to start with this. This isn't one of them that's on the list, but this is actually probably the best one. And that is your testimony. One of your best tools to ever share your faith is tell them what Jesus did for you. I was living this way. Somebody shared with me what Jesus has done. He died on the cross for my sins. I realized I was a sinner and I needed to turn. Tell them your story. Okay? Sprinkle in, the important part though, is sprinkle in some verses too. Well, where do I go with those? Here's a very familiar one. Watch a football game. They hold it up. John 3.16. Most simple verse, probably the most famous verse in all of Scripture. You can lead a person to the Lord just from that verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him 
should not perish but have everlasting life. You can walk them right through the gospel with that one verse. Okay? So your testimony. But then there's some other approaches, and this is what the handout's about. The first one of those is called evangelism explosion. Now, we teach that here at a church. There's actually an EE course you can take here. Some of you may have had this in the past or whatnot. I didn't print it out for you. I gave you a site there that you can go and find it. You'll just Google evangelism explosion. It'll start walking you through. The PDF of it is like 40, 50 pages. So I've already killed enough trees today with giving you this. I didn't need to do that too. Okay, you can Google that and look that up. In simplistic form, it, at, it walks you through a series of questions to ask them. And then ultimately you use your fingers. There's a word for each one of your fingers and it walks them through the gospel. It's a very good approach. Very, very good approach. Some people live and die that this is the only approach. I don't hold that. I don't hold on any of these approaches as the only approach. But it's a very, very good approach. All right? It walks you through, and you can do some more. Like I said, it's too many pages for me to print it all out. But it's as simple as you use, and it's easy to remember because you use your fingers as different keywords. Walk them through. Evangelism explosion is a great one. Another one years ago, my mom shared with me. This is the one she uses. It's called the Romans Road. Because at the end of the day, I can tell all the funny stories and illustrations and everything that I want. What is it that Jesus and actually the Holy Spirit uses to draw someone to salvation? Do you know? What does the Holy Spirit use to draw somebody to salvation? The word of God. So I need to share with them the passages of scripture and allow the spirit to use those to convict. And the Romans road is a great way of doing that. And it's a series. We call it the Romans road because it's in the book of Romans and it's some key major verses that you walk them through. Okay. Now here's a little cheat for you. How do I memorize all of these? You don't. Well, you can, that's actually better, but if you're scared in the moment and you go, where do I even go? Just memorize the first one and then cheat in your Bible, write the reference to the next one. And then you just turn there and next to that reference, you cheat and you write the next verse and you just walk them through it. Or you just put this on your phone and walk them through it on your phone. Cause that was what I just told you about the cheating in the, in the book, in the Bible itself. That's like old school. Like that's when I was in college when we didn't have all this, computer stuff and by the way your phone has like 10 times maybe more than that probably a hundred times the power my first computer had my first computer my first year as a, as freshman in college my computer crashed ready for this they sent me a box of 26 floppy disks to reload my computer you're going what in the world you even know what a floppy disk is okay Yes, and I had to go, boom, and then they were like, now, insert B, okay, boom, and you just went all the way through. Yes, that's how old I am. Some of you are just giggling away, all right? Put this in your Bible, or I mean, put this in your Bible, put this in your phone as a cheat and just walk your way through it. But the Romans road walks you through several uh, familiar passage. All you have to do is start with Romans one twenty one, and then let it walk you through after that. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by all things that were made with his eternal power. We start with God is the, re God is the creator. 
All things are created for him and through him. He, has, he wants this relationship. Well, then what happens? Romans 3.23, one of the other famous verses in all of Scripture. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I can't reach him. I can't reach his level of perfection. But God demonstrated his love that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8, Romans 6.23, the rages of sin is death. Romans 10.9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth. Romans 10.13, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord. And then Romans 11.36, for him... For of him and through him and to him are all things. And you can walk through these verses. Most of you, if you grew up in Awana or whatever, have memorized most of these verses. But it walks you through the book of Romans, and it shows their need of salvation. It shows where they failed. It shows what Christ has done for them. And it walks them through this simple plan. It's a great tool. Then I gave you one that's my favorite. And it's big. And there's like multiple pages, okay? You can buy this in little form. I just didn't have them for you, so that's why you've got the big PDF, okay? This, to me, is the one I use, but I, I don't walk them right through this like how you have it here. Take this and all of these, adapt it. So when I share my faith with somebody, I will typically use this structure. And what I will do, and you can walk through, the bridge walks you through, First, God has a purpose, and I'll kind of share with you as we go through this how I do it. God has a purpose. God created you. I start there. I start with the fact that God is the creator. God designed this entire world, and his purpose and design for creating of all this was to have a relationship with you. Okay? God is the, 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 the being. He's the one we're responsible to. He is creator of all things. This was his plan. This was his purpose. And it gives you some verses there to go through. Here's the problem, though. We messed it up. God's desire was to have this perfect relationship with you. But man sinned. And then I walk him into, you have sinned. Have you ever lied? If you say you haven't lied, you're lying right now. So that's number one. Okay. Have you ever stolen anything? Yes. Have you ever thought evil thoughts in your mind? Yeah, and you just walk them through a few sins. We just say, you've sinned. And we fall then short of God's glory. I can't get to God. I can't earn my way there because I now fall short of his standard, perfection. And then typically here in the way I present it is I'll give them an illustration here. If I'm talking to a bunch of guys, a lot of times I'll do like bow and arrow or like a, like a rifle or whatever. And if I tell you to pull, and I like to bow hunt, so if, you, if I gave you a bow and arrow and I said shoot at a target 50 yards away, okay, how many of you could hit the target? Noah? I'm, I'm pretty good with like almost hitting bullseye at that. I dropped a deer at 65 yards once. But point is, is like, sure, 50 yards, it can hit the target. What if I put that thing out to like 200 yards? Now you're doing the whole. What if I put that thing 500 miles away? You're coming up way, 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 way short. Or I'll do it, I'll use the illustration where, and I've done this like in a large crowd. I, I, and I've preached in like Africa, and I do this in prisons and stuff. Like, seriously, I'll get like prisoners up there, and I'll say, okay, you look pretty athletic you run and jump as far as you can you know and they'll do that and then i'll i'll run and jump and they'll all laugh and 
giggles. You know, you're way shorter than us. Yeah, I know. Okay, I'm fat and heavy, and you're you know athletic. You know, so but you kind of make it lighthearted or whatever. And then I tell the guy, if I told you to jump from here to America in one jump, could you do it? Uh, you represent the idea of that's how far short we fall of God's glory. That's his standard. Can't make it on my own. Doesn't matter how many good works, I'm always short of the glory of God. What's the result of that? Well, then there's death. And there's punishment in the lake of fire. And I'll go through that with them. The wages of sin is death. And you'll notice some of those Romans passages fall into this. From there, then, then how do I get this? Can I earn it? Can I buy my... No. All of it's going to come short. All of our righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. There's no one good. There's none that seek after God. All these things call, have me fall short. For by grace you are saved through faith. It is not of yourselves, not of works. You can't do this. And then here's the key, though. I let that linger for a little bit when I share. And I say, so that means you're hopeless. And the answer is, yes, you are. You can't earn it. You've messed it all up. You come woefully short of what his expectations are. And your punishment is hell. You are toast. So am I. But thankfully, someone bridged the gap. And that's the point of the idea of the bridge. You can't cross this chasm between you and God. And God knew that, so Jesus crossed the chasm for you. He came to this earth and lived perfectly sinless and took, and I'll walk him through what Jesus has done. Okay? And then as you continue moving through Jesus as your substitute, what do you have to do? You have to accept his gift. You have to turn Accept his pardon, and then he gives you the blessings of eternal life. You can go through that, and then the challenge, will you accept Christ today? That's the track. It's a fantastic one. You can order them online. They're, like, super cheap. If you're all good, maybe I'll order them this week for you and bring, like, the actual little copy, okay? Because you can get them for hardly anything. But the point of the matter is it's a great tool to use. It's a great analogy of the, the gulf that we have to span. At the end of the day, when I share my faith, and this is the last slot, uh, page for you, there are four key things that I've got to walk them through. Whether it's my testimony, Romans Road, Evangelism Explosion, the track. Um, I've been on missions trips where we use the, um, the I, I forget the actual title of it, but it's the colors, you know what I'm talking about, where we'll have like a soccer ball that'll have like, the white and the red and the orange and the green and there's the color wheel or whatever where you can use that or i've seen like girls will do the bracelets and they make them while you're shaking your head you've been on mission trips like that too where you make the little girls bracelets and so forth that have all the colors there's different there's a lot of tools and you can use like white is this for the you know and the red is the blood of christ and you kind of walk them through at the end of the day whatever tool helps you and that was why i gave you a few of these so that some of them may be helpful to you more than others. Here are the four big things. Whatever tool you use, whether it's even just your testimony, you've got to get them to these four points. This is what brings a person to salvation. The recognition that I am a sinner. Romans 3.23. Two, I cannot save myself. 
Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Jesus paid for my sins, John 3, 16, and I must personally accept that gift of salvation, Romans 10, 9. If a person can walk through those four steps or you can get them to that place where they're ready to accept it, then let the Holy Spirit do the work and transform the life. Now, here's an important point to finish off with. You cannot save anyone. That is not your job. You couldn't even save yourself. Okay? You cannot save them. Number two, this is a relief for you, you do not secure your salvation. A lot of people argue, or some people argue, that you can lose your salvation. Nope, because it ain't based in you. You didn't save yourself, you can't keep yourself saved. Because after you're saved, you're going to sin a whole lot of times. Who secures your salvation? Jesus Christ. He's the same one that saved you. And he secures it for you for all eternity. At the end of the day, it is not my job to save them. What is my job? What's your name? Nathan, you get a that a boy for the day. Okay? <laughs> if I had a candy bar, I'd give you something, all right? But Nathan kind of hit it out of the park today, all right? Your job is to be a representative, an ambassador. You are to tell them of Jesus Christ. Leave the work to him. You're off the hook. It's not your job to save them. It's your job to tell them. How many people have I shared the gospel with? Between here, Africa, around the world, well, well more than 200,000 people. How many people have gotten saved? No idea. Why? That's not my job. My job is to tell them. God's job is to save them. Okay? So hopefully these are some tools you can use. I gave them to you and went through them quick. Maybe you can take some time, review them a little bit, and utilize some of them. And it'll help you to share your faith. So, on the board here, or on the screen, are three questions. And I'm going to read them with you because Noah altered them. He didn't like my questions. I gave him a couple, and he's like, that's garbage. So, he altered them. Now, nah, some of them are still nice. All right. Think of one person you can begin engaging with the gospel, and in what ways. Okay, now, I'm going to go real practical. You're not going to like me after this one, and that's fine. I'm out of here next week anyway, so. <laughs> All right. I want you, seriously, and this is where number one is going to, because I'm a practical guy. Okay, so let's get real, real, real practical. Next Sunday is what? Some of you are going Sunday. Yes, I know, it's Sunday, okay? Is this massive Super Bowl party you're doing here Sunday night. Guess what? There are a lot of college kids that will come to a Super Bowl party 
at a church that will not come to church. Now, you're going to get like lesson 101 in church growth, okay? Because this is how Andy pastored and it told his people to invite people, and this is how you grow a church, okay? You invite one person to come with you next week to Super Bowl Sunday's party. Oh, I don't like where this is going. You, okay. Some of you need to invite like five or ten. Every one of you needs to invite one. Well, I don't know anybody. Yes, you do, liar. Okay? You know one person that is not in this room that needs to come to the Super Bowl party next week. By the way, Noah and David, you need to play it accordingly because you may have <laughs> 200 people here. Okay? Well, here's the point. Are you an ambassador? This is the softball. Are you an ambassador? Yes. I'm not even telling you to witness this week. I'm telling you to invite them to the Super Bowl party next week. And then for Noah and others, have a little gospel presentation or something, okay? You could literally have a hundred and some people at this party. You need to invite somebody, okay? And that is step one. That's like where you build the relationship and continue to foster the relationship and then you can get into the more confrontational as time goes on. But you need to invite one person. So question number one, I want you to think of one person that you can invite. And then Noah went real, you know, heady for you. You know, in what ways can we engage them with the gospel? Okay, I was going like, just think of one person's name, okay? But I like where he's going. Two, which evangelistic style do you prefer? Now this is for me, okay? Which one of those do you think are helpful? And you'd like to give it a try. Or maybe one you use and you want to share with your little group. Okay? Why is that helpful? And then three, how can we encourage one another to grow in this area? If you think you're a lone ranger in the Christian walk, that's not what Christianity is. You are not out there by yourself. Some of you are going, who in the heck is a lone ranger? Okay. Google it, all right? The point is, you are not out there alone. You have all of us to help you. So how can you encourage each other to do this? Okay? Told you, it's going to get rubber meets the road. This is rubber meets the road stuff. All right? Think of a person you can share, who you can invite. And then let's start talking about evangelistic styles. Okay? Hopefully you found this helpful. Let's close with a word of prayer, and then you're going to break into some groups. All right? Dear Lord, we thank you for your love, your goodness to us. Thank you for... The redemption we have in you the reconciliation you've brought to us and lord we are amazed that you've reached down in love and drawn us to yourself and lord we're just blown away by that fact help us then in turn to be tools in your hands help us to be ambassadors for you sharing our faith with those around us and you may you use us to draw some folks to yourself lord we love you we thank you in jesus name i pray Amen. Okay, so break into your groups.